Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome to Not Somali Mormon Podcast. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. As as Sister Katie just said, we're back on air. We hope you're doing well. We've missed you. And uh, good morning. We can go into our opening exercises. With reverence. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Sarah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, our opening announcements are, I actually don't know what our announcements are other than thank you everyone for love and support as always. Ooh, I did see we have some new Patreons. Is that correct, Katie? Yeah, we have a new one and her name is Tati, which is like the cutest name ever. Oh, so cute. Yeah, so thank you for joining us over on Patreon, and uh, I'm excited to get more content up on there for everyone. I keep saying that, but I'm going to do it, I swear. I have all these ideas swimming around in my head. (laughs) And Katie's the best at doing that. I'm sorry that I'm pretty shitty with it, but we love your support, and we're very, very grateful for you guys. So, And also, I've seen that we've, we've received so many good emails So I promise that we do read them, we love them, we appreciate them, we take them to our hearts, and we save them for a rainy day slash every day during COVID right now. (laughs) Um, But I'm just, I'm not weird. It's definitely just me. I'm the worst at responding, but we will get around to it. Don't you worry. And there's so many good stories. So, Oh, so many good stories. You all are so amazing. Uh, I know we say it every time, but get over it. We're going to keep saying it. So I know. And the same for our DMs. Like, I see that we have, like, a long list of requests. And, again, don't think that we're just ignoring you or we haven't um, – or that we read it and just don't care. It's just that we leave them in there so that I do. So it helps me to know, yeah. like, oh, I haven't, I haven't read that one yet. Like, I haven't – I want to make sure that I have enough time to like properly respond and I do too because I don't want to open it and then have it get lost in the sea of all the ones that we've read because it's hard to keep up with them and I don't want you guys to think that we just read it and don't want to reply because a lot of times you tell us really personal vulnerable amazing things and so we want to make sure when we reply we actually have the time to say something meaningful back to you so just know that that's where our hearts are at and if we've ever missed replying to any of you it was definitely not on purpose and always reach out to us whenever you want exactly and also speaking of I just opened our messages and we have an annoying one from that one woman keeps sending us like unsolicited messages that she wants to get her like final say in and her final point about how the church is so amazing and donates so much money and she just sent us another one I'm like I cannot handle this bitch like (laughs) uh, no thank you I yeah mm -mm. but all the rest of you we love love you you. so thank you yeah I checked today our our stats because um Basically, my boyfriend was interested in, it's a long story, but he was asking about how SoundCloud and Audacity works for a project he's working on. And um, I was like, well, since I'm a pro, and then every question he asked, he was like, oh, I don't actually know. Katie does that. Oh, I don't actually know. Katie's the expert. I don't really know. I just know how to look at stats. 
So I opened the stats and you guys were at like 117,000 listens. That's fucking mind blowing that 117,000 people have listened to our podcast, which I guess yeah. is not people, but um, that's listen. the thing. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember when we first started, we got so incredibly excited when we hit a thousand <laughs> and I yeah. think we about it in a previous episode and now it just keeps growing so thank you to everyone thank you to people who share us uh which it just is really flattering for both of us I think that you guys like us enough to share yeah and also this is how lame I am I just have to tell this story so yesterday (laughs) one of our listeners sent a message that was like don't hate me but I um I did some artwork based off of your photos. And y'all, I almost shit my pants with excitement because I was like, oh my God, it's more like artwork. And I love that shit. And it just makes me feel so flattered if any of our listeners like do any of that cool stuff for us. So I like get so excited and I like click on it and it seems really spammy and fishy, but I was like, oh, I'm just so excited anyways. And thank God that, like, Instagram blocked it and was like, nah, this seems like it's not legit. And so, like, I messaged the listener and I was like, I can't open it. (laughs) Just tell me. I just want to be flattered. Tell me all the things. And then later I see that she had, like, posted something that was like, I got, you know, um, hacked. Like, that's not me. (laughs) And I was so sad, you guys, because I really legit, like, I thought that we had new cool artwork and I was so excited about it but it was just someone being jacked like their their account being spammed so that's my story well maybe we will this will encourage people to I know I'm like big motherfucking hint hint bitches like (laughs) just some artwork (laughs) we love it that's for sure um so yes I think that's our, our announcement I hope I hope everyone's doing all right during this time. Katie and I had a, well, it was more of like me just talking at Katie for the last 30 minutes about how this situation is just, it's hard. Like, it's rough, you guys. And I hope everyone is hanging in there and that you're doing all right and you're doing whatever it is you can do to just function. Mm-hmm. Be kind to yourself because I have to tell my myself that on the daily to like give myself a break. And if I want to make a fun Fetty cake with chocolate chips in it, that I can make it. And if I want (laughs) to eat half of it in a day, I can do that. You know, that's fine. That's Uh, fine. You should be making the better than sex cake that we talked (laughs) about last week. (laughs) Even though it's not better than sex. It's not. Trust me. Um, I would if I had flour to spare, but I'm like going through my American stash like crazy because I don't want to use flour and it's like these cake box mixes. I'm like, oh, okay, it doesn't require any flour. I just need to add some water, oil, and eggs. Like, yeah, good. Um, (laughs) Well, on that note, are you ready for our episode today? You guys, I'm so ready for it. It's another classic episode where Katie educates me. (laughs) I don't know if I'm not an educator, but I can tell a little story. Oh, I love them. Um, Yes. Tell us the topic, Katie. Today we're talking about the Book of Mormon Witnesses. Ooh. 
Yeah. So, um, so Sarah, what do you know about the Book of Mormon Witnesses? I don't think I know anything to it. I mean, maybe, maybe once you start telling me, I'll be like, oh, that sounds okay. familiar. That sounds right. But I have to admit, my my Book of Mormon history and doctrine, as far as like, especially uh, DNC doctrine and like early day church doctrine and history, I'm not the best at that because. Well, I, yeah, you know, it makes sense because like. I I didn't really know much of this stuff at all when I was a Mormon. Most of it I learned when I left, like as I was trying to search for reasons for it to be true. And then I came across all this stuff. So because this type of thing isn't really taught in church, but um, the witnesses are kind of just mentioned as like they they try to use the witnesses to give credibility to the Book of Mormon. So um Okay, so I guess for listeners, we'll go back in time to J-Dog writing, a.k.a. translating the Book of Mormon, which, (laughs) as we know, he claimed to have these golden plates that were ancient, and they were, uh, they had inscriptions on them of, what was it, Reformed Egyptian? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so he claimed he found those buried in the hill, because God and whatever told him they were there. And but I just can't believe I can't can't fathom that we believe this shit. That I was like, we would 100% were just like, oh yeah, that's a real thing. I buy it, hook, line, and sinker, whatever. Um, and later we learn, and I think they're teaching a little bit more openly now that actually how he quote unquote translated these plates was by putting a rock inside a hat putting his head in there and talking and then his scribe would write it down. And that was how the Book of Mormon was made. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say it without laughing. So ridiculous. Okay. So while he was doing this, while he was writing the Book of Mormon, there were 11 people who claimed to be witnesses that saw or felt somehow the golden plates. Like, so they, said that they were real things that Joseph Smith had. Um, They divide the witnesses into two groups. There's the three witnesses and the eight witnesses. And uh, for a lot of members, like a lot of Mormons, that these, they like, this is really important to them. Uh, Like some of them I've heard even based their testimony of the Book of Mormon on these witnesses because they're like, oh, these witnesses wouldn't lie or whatever, right? Really? That's interesting. Yeah. So the three witnesses were Oliver Cowdery, which we've talked about before, Martin Harris. Who and- he lost the golden or the 116 pages, right? <laughs> yes. Good, good memory. Okay. So for listeners, if you don't remember, Martin Harris was the one who... Um, He's a wealthy farmer that actually mortgaged his farm to help pay for the publication of the Book of Mormon. He was one of the scribes and followers of Joseph Smith. And uh, during the early days when Joseph Smith was, quote unquote, translating, uh, Martin Harris's wife asked if she could see like these transcripts uh, and so Martin Harris showed her and she got rid of them as a test, like to say, well, if Joseph Smith is really translating from these real plates and translating through God, then he'd be able to recreate them. 
And surprise, he couldn't. So he said that, yeah, God, God punished me and we'll never know what was on those 116 pages. <laughs> That's true. That's something that always bothered me as a Mormon is that like, no one talks about that as it, it's just kind of out there and seen as, well, God decided not to replace them as punishment, which I think is so silly. Like one one dude fucks it up for the entire world on this religion that's supposed to be like the number one religion. Yeah. Like, uh, like. and even funnier is that those first 116 pages were supposedly the words of Lehi, who was Nephi's father, like these ancient made up prophets. And they, those were the ones that got lost. And so Joseph Smith then wrote, the book of Nephi, which was essentially the exact same story as the book of Lehi, just different wording. So, like, what? it couldn't be compared to anything. Like, he couldn't be, I guess, proven a fraud because he couldn't translate from the originals. It's all it's all a bunch of baloney, as, we'll, <laughs> as we know, but that was his excuse, which is oh crazy. Oh, my God. Okay, so the three witnesses, Oliver Cowdery, Martin Harris, and David Whitmer, they were all early leaders of the church. They signed a statement in 1829 that an angel had shown them the golden plates and that they had heard God's voice testifying that the book had been translated by the power of God. Um, So, yeah, the statement actually exactly says that they were shown the plates by the power of God and not of man, which is like a vision. You know, they said that they like saw it with their um, spiritual eyes. (laughs) So that, that's credible. Yeah. Um, so they never even actually saw it. No, 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 they didn't. But it, it, I think Mormons think that they actually saw it. But even in their statements later on in their life, they very, they very clearly say that they saw them through like a spiritual vision or a dream. Or something like that. So, yeah, it's very misleading. Also, on this statement that they... um. So this statement that was written, it's printed in the front pages of every Book of Mormon, like every one that's ever been, every edition of it. And uh, but the thing that I never knew about this statement where they say, oh, we've seen the plates. We know they're true. God told us they're true. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, This statement was written by Joseph Smith, by J-Dog. And then Oliver Cowdery just wrote it in there with his own handwriting and he just wrote the people's names like they didn't even sign it themselves it's not their signatures in there what yeah and I always thought that they had signed it but no it's just their names written in there like oh yeah I testify I saw this no no I thought that as well what yeah no it was just all written in Oliver Cowdery's handwriting all of them um okay so I'm going to just talk about these three just a little bit. So Martin Harris was, like I said, he was a wealthy farmer and a believer of J-Dog. Um, but for from everything I can find and from everything I've read, he's regarded mostly as like unstable and gullible and superstitious. Remember the um, South Park episode where it's like, Martin Harris, dum, dum, dum. Yeah. <laughs> Like the poor guy, he was just not, <laughs> not the sharpest, not the brightest crayon in the box. 
you've um, never seen that episode of South Park, I cannot recommend it enough. Like, even if you don't like South Park, if you don't think it's funny, just watch that episode because it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> Martin Harris, he had joined at least five churches before he joined Mormonism. And he joined many more after Joseph's death. He left Mormonism after and and joined the Shakers. Actually, um, I guess I didn't I didn't mention that all three of these uh, witnesses were excommunicated or left the church at some point. So, like, I, I think I remember hearing. That. I didn't realize it was all three. I knew yeah. at least one, but that's oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So Martin, he when he joined all these churches afterwards, he didn't just join them, but he also like testified of their absolute truth too. So it was like he was saying that all of them were absolutely true. Um, and I just don't think if I had really been shown these golden plates by an angel and had God's voice tell me that this was the one true church, I wouldn't be going and joining another church. Like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> exactly. Like if if I saw God and these magical golden plates, like you were saying, there's no way I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm not sure about this one. Like I think I'm gonna go to a different one. I mean, God, it was great chatting with you, but uh, I'm gonna go to the Quakers. I prefer them over the Mormons. Yeah, so. I gotta just you know have a little buffet. I gotta sample everything. Even though exactly. sorry, God. <laughs> You showed me this magical thing. <laughs> um, so Martin was also quite an eccentric guy at various times throughout his life. He stated that he had talked to Jesus in the form of a deer. <laughs> I can't. What? He literally thought he had spoken to Jesus and that Jesus was a deer in the woods. Wow. He said that he'd seen the devil, and he described the devil as a very sleek-haired fellow with four feet and a head like that of a jackass. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the devil, according to Martin. So, Republicans, right? Aren't they the donkeys? <laughs> yeah, they have, they have four feet and very sleek hair, yeah. Um. And then he also claimed that a magical creature would appear on his chest that no one else could see. Only he could see. I feel like this dude was on acid. Like, I, I think that's what was going on here. I literally have that in my notes that I was like, here's a theory. I wonder if Joseph Smith just, like, gave them some magic mushrooms and told them a story about seeing the plates. And they were all like, yeah, man. Yeah, I saw them. They were glowing. <laughs> that seems like such a more realistic... I mean, it is, because obviously none of this is true. But I feel like it was like, you know, back in the day, maybe it was opium. Maybe they were like getting yeah. high on opium and made up all these magical creatures and started talking to a deer and a donkey or whatever it was. And they're like, God, this is... This is God and this is Satan. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Martin Harris also gave conflicting accounts of his experiences with the golden plates. Like, so he, you know, he signed, well, he quote unquote signed 
the statement that's in the Book of Mormon now, but when he talked about it to other people, he would say that like he hadn't actually seen the plates with his natural eyes, but he called it his spiritual eyes. And he claimed he saw the plates in a way that you would, quote, see a city through a mountain, whatever the fuck that means. So I think if I was on a jury and I wanted to say, is David or no, is Martin Harris a reliable witness? I would say no. No. (laughs) He seems a little cuckoo bananas. Um. Moving on. So David Whitmer. Oh, wait, hold on a sec. We're going back to Martin Harris. We're going back to Martin Harris because I want to show you. I'm sending you photos of these guys, too, so that you can see what they look like. Martin Harris. I've never I don't think I've ever seen photos of them. I mean, other than like, you know, those Joseph Smith movies where they have actors playing them. So I just sent you Martin Harris, and he looks legitimately like he could be in a haunted house. Oh, I'm ready for it. You guys, interwebs, send it over. <laughs> Is it not sending? <laughs> oh, 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 I just got it. Let's see. Oh. Whoa. Does he not look like he could be oh. in, like, a haunted house? He's a I goat. I feel like this is what every poem Edgar Allan Poe <gasps> is, like, yeah. based on. So that's the man that, yeah, donate, like gave a lot of money to Joseph Smith to publish the Book of Mormon and claimed to see all these crazy things and is supposedly a credible witness to the truth of the Book of Mormon and the Golden Plates. That's wow. number one. But okay. Sidebar, did you write Martin on there? I did, yeah. Oh, your handwriting is amazing. Great <laughs> penmanship, Katie. Oh, thank you for that compliment. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it perfectly, you guys, if you can imagine this, the Martin is perfectly aligned with the cross-eyedness that's happening as well. <laughs> I'll put them I'll put them on Instagram so people can see. Yeah, please uh, do. So we're moving on to David Whitmer. I'll send you his photo right now. So if it doesn't come over immediately, you can see it. So this okay. is David Whitmer. He looks like a Muppet character, like a grouchy <laughs> Muppet. I kid you not. Wait till you see. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh. Um, but yeah, he also suffers from credibility problems. Um, do you see <laughs> Sorry, guys. He he looks like that one Muppet character that's like, is he a chorister or something? Oh, or a judge? I have this, like, character in my mind of the Muppets where it's like the scrunchy forehead and unibrow, yeah. white, crazy he, hair. He looks like those Muppets that sit up in the balcony of the theater. That's the it. Field. And yes, that's him. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he also is not very credible. So as an example, he also left the LDS church, which like, why would you leave if you've seen these glorious things? But after he left, he testified that God came and spoke to him exactly in the same way as he had before. Like he came to him in this vision and told him that he should never go back to the LDS church. And just like told him that he was making the right decision by leaving, which is like, okay, but which version, which version of God was right? Was it the original one with J-Dog or the one telling you to leave? Doesn't make any sense. 
Um, I feel like Mormon God, especially pre like early history Mormon God is the most like drugged out God <laughs> ever. Like I feel like he gets really, really drunk and comes and visits them and is like, yo, 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 I have the best idea. Like, listen up. I need you to do this and this and this. And then the next day he wakes up with a crazy hangover and he's like, about that. Um, didn't actually mean it. I think you should actually do this. I was pretty wasted when I told you that. And then the cycle just keeps going. Yeah. I just forgot that I said that. Don't, don't make that change. Exactly. Change my mind back. Change my mind back. (laughs) Take back these. (laughs) And then Joseph Smith translates. I'm doing air quotes. And says that God is always consistent. Like he like tried to cover up him. He's like, yeah. oh, my God's not an alcoholic and struggling. Like he's actually really consistent and reliable. So yeah, duh, duh, duh. <laughs> so yeah, David Whitmer, just like Martin Harris, he also gave later he gave contradictory accounts of what happened when he saw these plates, like. For example, he once told someone that the angel who showed him the plates had no appearance or shape, that it was just like a blob of an angel showing him the plates. Uh, he, al- he also told someone else that he saw the angel with, quote unquote, impressions. Um In another account that he wrote, he said that he and the other witnesses experienced the angelic visitation while, quote, we were yet in the spirit. Whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I mean, I know it would be cool if it was like while we were yet in the spirit of like drinking spirits and liquor. Is that exactly. what you mean? Like, is that what that means? While we were yet <laughs> in the spirit. Like, just fucking speak clearly. What are you saying? <laughs> Use your words, David. <laughs> Ew, David. (laughs) David's gross. (laughs) Okay, so I also, if I was a juror, I would say David's not a credible witness either. So crossing him off the list. We're moving on to the last of the three of the original three witnesses. I'm sending you his photo. This is Oliver Cowdery. And so excited. Yeah, I uh, I actually think Oliver Cadre is not too bad. Like, hi, Oliver. He has some weird hair, but oh. he's not too bad. Oh, my God, you guys. Oliver looks like this is sad that I'm admitting this on a podcast that has several people listening to it. Um, <laughs> He looks like the actor who I think is so hot on this children's show it's like a teen show pretty little liars oh <laughs> or pretty little lies whatever it's called pretty little liars pretty little lies i haven't seen that but i can see how he would be like look like an actor yeah oh my god so i'm gonna send it who it, his name is mr fitzgerald if anyone watches that show and they also are obsessed with this actor and this character and like fantasize about him that's kind of who Oliver looks like, and I'm okay. Whew. I'm like all hot and bothered now, even thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, he like he makes up for the nastiness of the other two, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, but also Oliver, he was not uh, 
an objective or reliable witness either. So he was the main scribe for the Book of Mormon when Joseph Smith was talking out of his hat. And he was also Joseph Smith, <laughs> Joseph Smith's cousin. Um, so that's like a big conflict of interest of, in him being a witness because he was like intimately involved in the creation and the publication of the Book of Mormon. So it's like, no, that wouldn't stand up in court either. Um, also, I wanted to remind you, Oliver Cowdery was the one who was excommunicated after he found Fanny or he talked about Fanny Alger and how he said that was a dirty, nasty, filthy affair that she was having with Joseph Smith. Do you remember that? Oh, I didn't realize. Ah, that's him. So he was excommunicated because he didn't approve of Joseph Smith sleeping with teenagers in the barn. So, yeah, that's not a strong witness either. Oh. Although, Katie, remember, it's you're taking it out of historical context. Oh, I'm taking this all out of context. I'm just making this all up pulling it out of my butt <laughs> I know that was one of our favorite like troll comments that we received multiple times was like yeah but you have to understand the context during that time it was acceptable for women to get married at 14 it was like um actually it wasn't like I don't know if you understand what time period we're talking about yeah. I can't believe how many comments we get of people saying that that was normal back then and just how much they don't grasp it. Like, no, it wasn't normal to marry 14 year olds. They still had like a mother and father they were living with, you know, and exactly. uh, also to marry multiple women behind your wife's back. Uh, that wasn't normal. Oh, I just got I just got your look phone. at it. It does look like him. Yeah, I'll put this up on Instagram, too. That's okay, crazy. Cool. Speaking of the marrying multiple wives, like, Katie and I were talking about this before as well. If you guys haven't watched the Netflix series Waco, do it. It's it's incredible. It's depressing as fuck, as you would expect. But it's also, like, oh, man, we were talking about it before, like, how it would, it would have been so easy for us at that point to get involved with the cult because we were already, like, involved in the cult called Mormon Church, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how, like, if they were to say something like that, I could totally see myself being like, well, yeah, okay, but if I leave, then, like, I'm not really being faithful, and this is just a trial of faith, and, like, you know, we have to weather the storm, and blah, 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 and the fact that, like, this guy, this prophet, or seer, or messiah, was marrying these women at 14. Like, he married that girl at 12. Like oh, it makes me sick. I hate and it. And it was his first wife's sister. Ugh. Like, yes. that is so fucked. And, but anyways, it was, like, the thing that Katie posted today. Like, if, if your leader marries or, like, takes your wife or has multiple wives, you're in a cult. Like, that's. Yeah. Like every every cult leader ever has said, let me fuck your wife. <laughs> Yikes. Um, okay, so yeah, I, as I said before, all three of these witnesses that supposedly heard from God's own mouth that this was the truth, all three of them broke, you know, separated from Joseph Smith and were excommunicated or left and just went on to have different religions. So I would say they're not credible. Um, 
So there's a second set of witnesses. They're called the eight witnesses, and they were all members of either David Whitmer's family or Joseph Smith's family. So that in and of itself is like, okay, that doesn't hold up either. But these eight witnesses testified that they had actually like physically saw and held and touched the gold plates. Uh, They didn't really say much about like God coming down and testifying, like telling them that it was true. But they said they um, either felt the engravings or a lot of them said that they like felt the plates when they were underneath a tablecloth. (laughs) <laughs> or they like held them when they were inside a box or something like that so I don't know why that sounds so dirty to me but it just like triggers my little like immaturity perverted side where I just think of like they touched it through a cloth like <laughs> oh god ew yeah <laughs> oh man so obviously like this could have been any hot heavy object underneath the cloth, or um, possibly uh, J-Dog could have actually forged some metal plates that he showed them, like this wasn't unheard of, and there's an example <laughs> of it actually later that someone had done this. Uh, Sorry, guys, I just have this image of J-Dog like, trying to forge these metal plates, and the end result is like a stick figure on each page. <laughs> Right, they're just like these scribbles, and they're all uneven. But they're <laughs> Egyptian, you know, so no one knows any better. <laughs> no one does. It's just a whole bunch of rambling gibberish shit. And he's like, "I did it, you guys. I translated it. I'm a prophet." <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it could have either just been something else entirely under the tablecloth. It, he could have actually forged some plates, or. Uh, these family members could have just been lying and saying they saw them when they didn't because they wanted to help out their family in the publication of this book, right? Um, And many of these witnesses were also excommunicated later on. So there's that. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so these aren't credible either. Um, Most of the Book of Mormon witnesses had like this magical mindset that we've talked about. They weren't rational. Um, They believed in second sight is what they called it, it, like visions and stuff, like the ability to see spirits and supernatural things and buried treasure. Um, A bunch of these witnesses owned seer stones, just like Joseph Smith did, and like claimed to see things with them. Oh, my God. Uh, You know what, Katie? What? I would love to party with these people. Oh, my God. They're just, yeah. They're seeing all this stuff. Like, what are they taking? I don't know, but I want it, and I want to party with these people. Like, I feel like that would be such a good time. They have some seeing stones. They got the hat. They got something that they're taking. They're seeing magical, like, deer, and they're having fun. Like, (laughs) that's the Mormonism I wanted to sign up for. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it has just gotten lost in translation. (laughs) Now we got docking and caffeine-free Coke. It's oh, just, it's just all gone to shit. Ugh. <laughs> um, okay, so here's the example of the forged plates. So after Joseph Smith died, a man named Jane, James Strang, he claimed to be Joseph Smith's chosen successor. Like, he was like, I am the next prophet. It's not Brigham Young, it's me. And so he produced, he showed these people these 
plates that he said he found buried. They were these metal plates that he said he found buried in the forest. And he got the same 11 witnesses to the Book of Mormon to witness and testify that these plates were also true. What? Yeah. So they testified to two separate golden plates. Yeah, and these ones were just, like, made-up ones, obviously. Um, So, yeah, they and they all, at least for a little while, accepted that this man was, like, the true leader, the true prophet, and he had gotten this special angelic calling and these special plates. Um, And, you know, later on, then they went on to different religions after that. But, like, why would you testify that both of them are true? It doesn't make any sense. Ugh. So, yeah, I just so I came out, I saw this list um, about like if if we were sorry, if their testimonies were to be credible, I feel like these things would have had to have happened. Like the witnesses shouldn't have been related to Joseph. Right. Um, They shouldn't have already been believers and followers of him because duh, they're going to say what he wants them to say. Um, they shouldn't have been like the financial backers of the Book of Mormon, which Martin Harris was. Mar- Martin Harris gave Joseph Smith three thousand dollars of his own money for publication, and in today's money, that would be like eighty grand. <gasps> yeah, like bless his cross-eyed heart. <laughs> like I, like of course he wanted the Book of Mormon to succeed. He'd put like all of his money into it. Oh, yeah. And if this makes me feel bad for him. Poor Martin. I know. (laughs) Um, You would think, too, like if they were credible witnesses, they would have given more detailed and like concise and cohesive, uh, you know, like just descriptions of this event. Like, what did the angel look like and what did he say? And none of them are the same. They're all different. Um. And, you know, like, just exa- kind of like how you'd ask people if there was a group of 11 people that claimed they saw a UFO, like, alien spaceship. You would imagine that they would all say the exact same thing and it would all be very detailed, but not in this case. Um, yeah, so I think, what was another one? Oh, I think it would have helped in their credibility if they all hadn't left the church. <laughs> it would have been much more credible if they stayed active believers yeah exactly yeah um I got a really good analogy from Mormon think about this if uh you want me to read it I think it's pretty good yes please do okay so say that 11 witnesses claimed to have seen a murder would that be enough evidence to have somebody executed to make this comparable to the book of Mormon witnesses Let's add some details. There are two stores across the street from each other, and their respective owners don't get along too well. One of the owners claims that his rival committed murder and says he can prove it because he captured the act on his store's video surveillance camera. But rather than submitting the tape to the police, he invites over 11 of his good friends and family members. He shows them the tape and then asks that they sign a joint statement that he had earlier prepared. Then he erases the 
uh, footage from the tape. <laughs> so no other evidence exists of this. There's no blood on the ground, no gunpowder, no residue on the hand of the accused, and no murder weapon. There isn't even a body. There isn't any evidence that the alleged victim even ever existed. So all we have is the statement written by the shop owner and signed by his friends that they saw the videotape, which then conveniently vanished. So based solely on that joint statement, would you convict the person of murder? Wow. <laughs> like, no, there's absolutely no evidence of it, right? That spells it out perfectly and just makes it, like, if you were, if you believed before or were questioning it, I feel like <laughs> that analogy makes it super clear. Yeah, yeah I love that. That's why I wanted to share it. Um. And I also have a quote here that I really liked from Jeremy Reynolds. He wrote the CES letter. So he also says um, of the authenticity of the of the witnesses testimonies, he says, well, it doesn't matter because of this one simple fact. Joseph did not use the gold plates for translating the Book of Mormon. So I thought that was such a good point because. He didn't even, when Joseph Smith was, quote unquote, translating, he wasn't even using these supposed plates. They were like never even in the room. He would just put his rock in his hat and say things. So it's like, even if these plates did exist, it doesn't lend any credibility to the Book of Mormon at all. That's so true. I never even thought of that. Yeah, me neither. But it's like, that's obvious now. Uh, And when I was thinking of that, I thought of something else, too. So, like, how Joseph Smith didn't actually have to use the plates to translate. Like, then why in the Book of Mormon did Nephi have to kill Laban to get the plates? Because they were, like, supposedly so special. (laughs) That's true. Why couldn't God have just told Joseph Smith all of this through the magical stone instead of the whole ordeal with the plates anyway? They're just useless. (laughs) Wow. You know what? That whole story, though, with killing, um, what's his name, Laban? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I never understood that when I was reading as a Mormon. Like, but why did they need to kill him? Like, if murder is a sin, I feel like they could have just, like, drugged him and then stolen the plates. Like, why did they need to kill him? Yeah, I know. It doesn't make any sense. But it's such a beloved Book of Mormon story for Whoever knows why. I don't know. And it's so violent. Like, they, he chops his yeah. head off. I just, he chops yeah. his head off. I know. Ugh. I can't believe that as a young child, I thought that was real. I thought that was a real thing that happened in history. Because yeah, that's me too. I was like, that's legit real. Oh, God. So, um, in response to all of these things that are facts and that are out there in the world now... Uh, Mormons will say that the witnesses are still credible because they never denied their testimonies like throughout their life. They never came out and specifically said, I lied about that and I didn't see that, which I also don't think is a really credible thing to say because lots of people for many religions all over the world, they don't recant their testimonies before they die. Like, same with people who claim that they've seen Bigfoot or aliens or anything like 
they might change their mind or they might not, but it doesn't make anything that they saw or claim to have seen true. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's just, exactly. That's just like bad logic. It's like, so what if they never officially said that they take it back? Like, uh, their credibility wasn't good in the first place. <laughs> exactly. And they don't want to take it back because they invested so much of their life into it. It makes them look crazy and like invalid, you know? So of course they're not going to admit like, Oh, just kidding. It was stupid <laughs> and wrong. Like just jokes. I don't support J-Dog anymore. <laughs> yeah. JK, JK. <laughs> <laughs> um, and something else I thought of is how you get like, when I was growing up, you see those paintings of the witnesses. Like, I don't know if you've seen this one, but there's a painting of the witnesses and they're standing in a forest and they have the golden plates like laid in front of them. I think it's on like a stump or something. And they're all looking at the plates like, oh, this is so great. And they're all looking at them together. But it's totally a fake painting, kind of like how they paint Joseph Smith with his little quill writing from the book of mormon with the plates like that's not how it happened yeah (laughs) (laughs) so no wonder no wonder i didn't know about any of this stuff but those are the witnesses and they're all crazy but i'm glad you got to see hottie oliver cowdery oliver (laughs) i would hit that oh my god (laughs) (laughs) sorry covid has got me crazy um, yeah, I can't believe that that's what the, the validation of the, of Joseph Smith writing the Book of Mormon is based off of these witnesses who are clearly just not valid witnesses in the least, like. No. Yeah, and it's interesting that these, the witness, like, testimonies are printed still in every single Book of Mormon as if that gives it more, I don't know, validity. <laughs> Because to exactly. me, it's crazier. I'm just like, well, okay. <laughs> and I also didn't realize, like you were saying, that it that it, they didn't even sign it. Sorry, speaking is hard. That they, it was just, who was it, Martin? or yeah, So Joseph Smith just prepared the statement, and then Oliver Cowdery, like, wrote it, and then Oliver Cowdery just wrote the witnesses' names all in a row. Like, none of them actually signed it themselves. That is amazing. Yeah, it's all the same handwriting. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Uh, wowie, wowie, well... Thanks for that. Now I know about the witnesses and how even like more absurd it is to believe in this doctrine based on these witnesses and their accounts. Like it's like we could write a book and just get 11 of our friends or listeners to say that it's absolutely true and that God told them so. And we would have as much credibility or more so. (laughs) And we would have a hundred billion dollars. Oh, Oh, yeah. We get all the money give, to give us your tithing. Just kidding. Don't. But go to yeah. Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Also, I, just as a side note, I saw that that one troll's response, you guys, she wanted to prove that the church donates, like, thousands and thousands of dollars. So she sends this article to, I think, I don't remember when it was, but Katie might remember. I just saw it now. That's, like, church donates 40 40,000 pounds of food and Katie's response is like that's great but they have billions of dollars 
to donate. Like, I know that's my point is like, it'd be like me, like walking up to someone that needed it and giving them a penny. Like, okay. It's not even that they gave money. They just gave like their stored food that I guarantee was like close to being out of date. (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I know. But they're doing so much. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They're so charitable. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we love you as always. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Social distance as we keep preaching, but really do it. And, and um, don't, don't talk to deers. They're not Jesus. I mean, you can talk to them, but be nice to them. They're not Jesus. <laughs> they're not Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and we will be back next week bye bye